and pro. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Xi Jinping's third term would put China on warm footing, announced the World Tribune today. The capabilities of the Chinese People's Liberation Army, called the PLA, have advanced to the point that the Chinese Communist Party CCP leadership believe that China can conduct a short, sharp war, or maybe even a long, sharp war, near its borders and succeed, said one analyst. At the 20th Chinese Communist Party CCP Congress that opened on October 16th, Party General Secretary Xi Jinping was granted an unprecedented third five-year term at the helm of the authoritarian regime in Beijing. Here's what the World Tribune says about him. Xi Jinping is the first to combine the capability to go to war with the messianic desire to do so. Yes, you heard me correctly. The messianic desire to do so. Is Xi Jinping the Chinese Messiah? Is he perceived by the Chinese people as a kind of messianic figure? Does he see himself as a messianic figure? And if so, what are the implications for China? What are the implications for Israel? And what are the implications for the rest of the world, including the United States of America? All of that today on Viewpoint, and you don't want to miss one minute, because we're going to talk not only about the dragon versus the eagle, that is, China referred to as the dragon, America referred to as the eagle, you know, with the eagle wings and so on. But we're also going to take a look at greater implications. It's not just about, shall we say, military warfare. It's about also a different kind of warfare. And we're going to hear from a former Chinese citizen, if you can call them a citizen, who escaped the Chinese government under Mao Zedong. And she's going to talk to us. She's going to tell us about her concerns. And it's not pretty. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And as the World Tribune says, Xi Jinping is the first to combine the capability for China to go to war with the messianic desire to do so if he can get what he wants through intimidation. He sees himself as a man of destiny who will restore China to its rightful place in the world. Its rightful place in the world? Yes. From his perspective, this is China's moment to rule the world. And that's why just uh, two or three years ago, he actually went on the record and said that within, I believe it was 25 to 30 years, China would rule the world. Yes, he did say that. Now that almost sounds, has sort of a messianic ring to it, doesn't it? In addition to that, Xi has been sanctions-proofing China's economy and financial system 
and exerting total control over the population. China has been stockpiling food and fuel. It's been building coal-fired power plants. Notice coal-fired power plants. It has plenty of coal. And it's been doing that at breaknecking speed. While the rest of the Western world is crying to get rid of fuel. Fuel that's available, fuel that is readily available under the earth, and yet we're denying ourselves the fuel, while China is corrupting the environment as fast as it can with coal power. In fact, CCP officials, Chinese Communist Party officials, have also been ordered to sell their own and their relatives' overseas holdings and bring all the cash back to China. So it seems, as the World Tribune observed, that Xi Jinping is battening down the hatches and getting ready for a fight. What kind of a fight? Well, the fight is taking place or will take place on several stages. One is a financial stage. Another is setting the Western world against itself. We're doing a pretty good job of that anyway, rendering ourselves unable, unable even to provide fuel for necessity for cold winter months, not only in America, but especially in Europe. And China has just ordered its state-owned gas companies to stop exporting oil to the EU. Hmm. Sounds like China will have the EU over a a barrel as well, or at least over a pipeline. So today on Viewpoint, we're going to see how big an issue this really is as Xi Jinping now takes on a new role as a veritable messiah in China. January 1st, 2000. There was a cryptic column launching the 21st century and the 7th millennium. A fellow by the name of Jonathan Spence declared, China has a chance to be the next century's dominant international player. He said the last time there was a Chinese century was the 11th century. And during the 11th century, China was both the largest and the most successfully run country on earth. So there's a chance, he said, that it will give its name to a century for the second time. Except perhaps for the Roman Empire at the height of its glory, that is not a feat any single state has been capable of before. This, my friends, sets the stage, whether you realize it or not, it sets the stage for China versus the new world order of the Western resurrected Roman Empire. That's what's taking place right before our eyes. And the problem doesn't lie just in the pursuit of prosperity, but in the pursuit of power. When the world considers that China's human resources are vast, but its natural resources are limited, I guess it doesn't require a Harvard graduate to imagine the lurking dangers to the free world, especially to the West, in China's pursuit of natural resources, not only to drive the engine of prosperity, but to advance the political and military power requisite 
for realizing the dream of domination. That's exactly their goal. Domination. Domination. That's why I included a chapter in my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle, titled The Dragon versus the Eagle. As the eagle falters, and certainly it's been led to falter by Joe Biden, China is rising profoundly. But for what purpose? Why? Where does it go? And if indeed Xi Jinping sees himself and the Chinese people increasingly see him as a kind of messianic figure, this creates a whole new environment for the world, doesn't it? We'll take a look at what that means when we get back. Stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. And as we always say, Viewpoint determines destiny. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. In September of 2011, the World Affairs Journal referenced China and Chinese influence and power by using this term, Chinese century. In other words, this century they saw as perhaps being the century dominated by China. In what way? Financially, militarily, technologically, spiritually, perhaps all of those. And so we revert for this moment to another aspect of China's influence in the world. We want to talk for a moment about an immigrant who escaped Mao Zedong's dictatorship and is warning the United States. She participated in a Fox News panel discussion and issued a blunt warning to Americans. Here it is. She said it's coming here. Now, what's coming here? The spirit of Chinese communism. That's what's coming. The comments are from Xi Van Fleet, who appeared during a panel discussion regarding schools and other issues with host Ainsley Earhart. And Van Fleet was very blunt. She said, I do not want to live under communism again. I escaped it, but it's coming here, she warned. It's coming to America, and people need to wake up. But why is it that we can't wake up? Maybe we're so asleep that we can't wake up. Maybe the alarms that are sounding, the alarm clocks or whatever that are sounding, are not loud enough. Maybe we're so sound asleep that we cannot, maybe even refuse, to hear the warnings. The Russian Times now has just announced China is approaching a turning point in its history. 
A new mayo? A new revolution? They ask. That's just another way of referencing Xi Jinping and the leader as perhaps a kind of messiah. Mm Mm-hmm. And his being elevated to the helm of the Communist Party for a third term, it's unprecedented. It goes against the tradition of the Chinese party, the Chinese politics, over the past 30 years. So, according to the Russian Times, this then heralds a new era in the history of modern China. Starting from 2018, it became increasingly clear that Xi was going to defy the tradition, the the political tradition of China. So that very year, amendments were made to the Chinese Constitution, lifting the two-year term limit on the presidency. So Xi Jinping planned in advance, just like Vladimir Putin did in Russia, to change the Constitution so that they could become veritable messianic figures in their country. Then, concluding this lengthy article with the Russian Times concerning China, is this statement. China has always stressed the need to reform the existing system of global governance. In other words, China is moving for a new world order. What kind of a new world order? A Chinese new world order. And what do you think that might look like? What do you think a Chinese New World Order would look like? Well, it certainly isn't going to look like the one planned for the Great Reset and the bringing together of all the Western nations of the world, which make up the former ancient Roman Empire. It's not going to look like that. There's going to be something quite different about it. And it certainly isn't going to rely on any kind of democratic operation. So let's hear, let's hear from an immigrant who escaped Mao Zedong's dictatorship. Mao Zedong caused, what is it, about 40 million Chinese people to lose their lives? Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound much like freedom, does it? Doesn't sound like much like joy in the camp. No, it's about power. It's about rulership. It's about the desire and the intent to see yourself in kind of a messianic role to rule the world. That's what Xi Jinping sees. He's doing it his way. But... An immigrant to America who escaped Mao's dictatorship in China now has participated in, just south of our nation's capital, participated in an interesting panel discussion. I want you to hear what she and two or three others had to say. Please listen carefully with your heart.
important for you to be here today. She, we didn't have time in the last segment to get to you, so tell us why you wanted to be here. Very simple. I do not want to live under communism again. I escaped it, but it's coming here. It's coming to America. People need to wake up. What's going on here is a communist takeover. Why education? Because education is the front line of the battlefield. And uh, we talked about education is not a partisan issue. I totally agree. It is an issue between Marxism and Americanism. That is... Give some examples, because you said at the top of the show, that in the 6 o'clock hour, you said you're seeing our schools, the same thing that was happening to your school in China. Give us some examples. Indoctrination. And during the Cultural Revolution, that's most slogan is uh, politics in command. In school, we learn uh, ideology first. We learn very little about academic uh, subject. And uh, tests were banned. And we, we, yeah, it's exactly. We are going in that direction. Exactly. Right? That's the same. That's we are on that same path. And I want to warn people. Fred, how about you? Why did you want to be here? Because your children were a little skeptical. Like, Dad, you know, this could affect our family. So the number one reason I came was to ask you to sign a copy of I'm So Glad You Were Born. Oh, I love but, uh, you. The other reason of I came. Of course I will. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I came here um, because I want my daughters to have the same Excuse me. Um, I want my daughters to have the same America that I had growing up. I want them to have the same opportunities. And there's that meme, you had one job. I got one job, Ainsley. Yeah. And I'm not going to go down. I just want them to have the same opportunities to be free, to be judged by the content of the character and on their merit. And not because they're black, that, oh, you have to have this helping hand, and then employers find out. No, I don't want that for them. I want the same America that I had an opportunity. What is your story? Because she told us her story, incredible, what America gave to her, and now she fears yeah. for our democracy. How about you? I mean, I, I fear, I, I remember, I was telling you during the break that in 1983, I think, I went to Kenya to visit after I'd already come here as a much younger child. And I remember relatives talking about politics mm -hmm. in hushed tones, whispering to each other. And I remember thinking, boy, this is so different. You know, people in America can just talk about politics out in the open. And then for my daughter last night to tell me, okay, daddy, you're going to continue, but just don't get canceled. Aww. Right? That's telling me that she doesn't want me to say something out loud. She wants me to whisper. Right. How is it that 40 years later, I just told my age, um, <laughs> how is it 40 years later in America, this is a problem, it's unconscionable, and we have to fix it. Darius, why was it important for you to be here? The first time I was old enough to vote, I voted for Ronald Reagan. And Reagan told us a lot about how easy it is to lose freedom and democracy. One generation. He said that's all it takes. We have an attorney general that just a year ago called all of us domestic terrorists because we went to school board meetings. We have a president that a few weeks ago called 75 million of us semi-fascists because of the way that we voted. So we are on the verge of losing something here if we're not careful. And uh, I think that on the education side, they're coming after our kids, um, and we have to protect them. We have to make sure that um, they have a better life than we do. When I was a kid, it was a slam dunk that I would grow up and have more, be more prosperous than my parents. I don't know that I can say that about my kids right now. I mean, it really concerns me. That's pretty scary. All right. Well, there are a few samples, examples 
of what was heard there in that panel discussion just outside of our nation's capital a couple of days ago. The lead voice was the one who escaped from communist China. Her name, Xi Van Fleet. She says, it's coming here. What's coming here? The spirit of Chinese communism. The spirit of, well, it's all about power. It's all about power and prosperity, but it's not about freedom. That's the spirit of Chinese communism. Who will rule the world? Who will rule and reign from the Temple Mount, for instance? And now, Xi Jinping has vowed, in a latest report from the Russian Times, Xi Jinping has vowed to elevate Chinese military to world-class standards. What do you think that's about? Why is he doing that? Isn't China big enough as it is with over one billion people? Why does he want a larger military since nobody is coming after him in particular militarily? Why does he want to do that? Because he has a messianic vision to rule the world. That's why. And he has promised what he calls world-class standards by 2027. That's five years from now. When the Chinese uh, Communist Party marks its centenary, he made the claim in his opening speech at the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party just this last Sunday. He said, having a capable military is a strategic task for building a modern socialist society in China. Then he added, national security is the bedrock of national rejuvenation. So while Joe Biden is giving up our national security, even in terms of natural resources, even in terms of invading over and over again our strategic reserves of oil in order to try to advance and make some mark for the political campaigns that are currently in in operation. Where is the desire to protect the country that he vowed to serve? It's just not there. Because he's given over his soul to the communist agenda. Maybe not in whole, but at least in part. This is why both he and his son, Hunter, have invested so much in China. They have so much invested in China that they cannot and will not truly represent their own country. Now, China currently has the largest military in the world in terms of manpower, with more than 2 million active soldiers, sailors, and airmen. And the country has the world's largest, biggest, and is the largest seller of arms after the United States. Interesting, isn't it? But 
Think with me for a moment about the two million, over two million active soldiers, sailors, and airmen. Do you remember a passage of scripture in the book of Revelation talking about the fielding of a 200 million man army? China for a generation now has been able to field a 200 million man army. That's two-thirds of the population of the United States, friends. Are you beginning to get the picture? When we talk about China, we're not just talking about the economy. We're talking about something much bigger. There really is, in effect, a world war going on right now. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. As far back as 1995, the handwriting on the wall with regard to China was becoming clear, drawing many warnings. According to the August 27th issue of the New York Times Magazine in 1995, Red China had already emerged as a real threat to world peace. Another headline read, China emerges as global power with a troubling byline. The Chinese, the red Chinese dragon is roaring like an emerging global power, but no one is listening. China had already increased its published military budget from 1988 to 1995 by 75%. And as the New York Times Magazine noted, it's not communism and it's not trade. It's military expansion fueled by growing nationalism and no one is paying attention. No one is paying attention. Isn't that really what the immigrant who escaped from communist China warned America about just in the last couple of days? Xi Van Fleet appeared at the panel discussion just outside our nation's capital, and she said, it's coming here. It's coming here. She recognizes what's happening. She recognizes what's happening in the social arena. She recognizes what's happening in the political arena. She recognizes what's happening in the military arena, in the economic arena, perhaps even in the spiritual arena. 
That I don't know. But she recognizes what's happening. She says it's coming here. But we're so busy, business as usual, we cannot see or refuse to see what is plainly before our eyes. Our leaders refuse to see it. We're so busy trying to get free goods or inexpensive goods for China that we actually have been funding their taking over the world. But we're not going to leave it at that. We're going to look at something even bigger. We always do here on Viewpoint. We always look at the bigger issues, the greater issues. What we've been talking about so far, it's not as if they're minimal issues. They're big issues. But there are even bigger issues coming. Now, before we get to that, and the biblical game changer, I want to uh, urge you, if you do not have a copy of my book, King of the Mountain, the eternal epic end time battle, that you get it. For he who rules the temple mount is deemed to rule the world. And this book sets forth the various players that are currently in, shall we say, the boxing ring globally in the a very intense battle, a very strategic battle, just like China, to ultimately rule the world. The various players are moving their chess pieces, so to speak. Yesterday we talked about the great game, oil and gas. That's one aspect of it, a major aspect of it. But it's even bigger than that. I urge you to get a copy of the book. It's a $20 book, yours for $15, on our website, King of the Mountain. The eternal, epic, and end-time battle traces how, from the beginning of creation, even before creation, when Satan had his confrontation with God in the heavenlies, to our current date, how these things have been playing out, how they are currently playing out, and how they're going to play out in the final days of world history. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, additionally, if you were in on the first half of the program, you know that the World Tribune has described Xi Jinping as having a messianic mind or heart set. He sees himself in a kind of messianic role. The Chinese Communist Party, 90 million strong now, apparently see him in that kind of role. And that's why they have extended, they've changed their constitution to basically give him, shall we say, eternal life as a politician. In other words, he can continue on in his role as the head of the Communist Party in China without concern, without worry. He's the man. He's the great deliverer. That's how many have seen uh, Vladimir Putin, by the way, in Russia. So we see these players coming into their, shall we say, messianic fervor. 
And I urge you to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, where we see in a different way then how these various individuals and belief systems, you see, Chinese communism is a belief system. It's a godless belief system, but it's an ism. It's a belief system. In effect, it's a religious belief system without God. And Xi Jinping is seen as the Messiah of that belief system. As you read the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, your eyes are going to be open to what's really happening in our world. And how you and those you love and care for can be prepared not to be absorbed or deceived or seduced into any of these syncretistic uh, alternative belief systems, many of which masquerade as Christianity. That book is $22, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Now, if you'd like to get that book together with King of the Mountain, then instead of $5 for each as a, uh, for postage and handling, it'll only be $5 for the first book and $2 for the next book. So you'll save $3 that way. You might want to do that. Again, both of those books, Messiah and uh, King of the Mountain, available on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. All right, now, we're going to shift a little bit, still talking about China, but now we're going to shift toward the Middle East. In my book, King of the Mountain, is the chapter, The Dragon versus the Eagle. Then this subheading, the biblical game changer. China is and will be a game changer in the Middle East and beyond. Now, why is that? Why is that? That's what we want to focus on here in this segment of the program and perhaps for the balance of the program today. So, in order to understand this, we have to see what has happened with China and Israel. China and Israel established diplomatic relations in 1992, the very year that God spoke to my heart, saying, son, you've been pleading the cause of men long enough as a trial lawyer. I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation, America's greatest crisis hour. Here on the near edge of the second coming. And I said, yes, sir, we formed Safe America Ministries. We've been on the radio since 1995, May 7th, 27 and a half years. So, China and Israel established diplomatic relations in 1992. Believe it or not, China is now Israel's third largest export market. With sales of everything from telecommunications and information technology to solar energy and agriculture equipment and pharmaceuticals. 
More than a thousand Israeli companies operate in China. Uh, in March of 2012, then Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared, made a declaration, wishing the Chinese people a happy year of the dragon, and said, we are two ancient peoples whose values and traditions have left an indelible mark on humanity. But we are also two peoples embracing modernity, two dynamic civilizations transforming the world. Oh, transforming the world? Yes, but to what end does Christ seek transformation? See, in celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Sino-Israeli diplomatic relations there in 2012, Prime Minister Netanyahu remarked the rise of modern China is one of the most important events of our time, as is the rise of modern Israel. He said, I believe that Israel and China can act together to ensure peace in the Middle East. But I can tell you what China can do will bear no biblical resemblance to what the dragon will do. So, maybe the most telling was the report of the Times of Israel on August 15, 2012, 10 years ago, declaring that three Chinese warships were in the port of Haifa as part of a four-day goodwill visit marking 20 years of China-Israeli relations the first time Chinese naval ships had ever docked in Israel. Now, wait a minute. Why warships to celebrate the winning of the Chinese-Israeli heart? Huh. Well, the dragon, China, is very impressed with Israel's economy, believes it's a model. And for the Chinese, my goodness, they see Israel as having almost like the pot at the end of the rainbow in terms of technological ability and development. And guess what? The Chinese lust for it. They envy it. And they'll do anything they can, even dance with Israel in order to get it. Oh, maybe we should talk about that in the next segment. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're talking about China. We're talking about uh, its goals, its intent, its messianic fervor through Xi Jinping. And now, in this segment, we talk particularly about 
the interrelationship between China and Israel and the prophetic potential prophetic significance that this has. Anchor your seatbelt, my friend. Here is perhaps, at least for somebody that has knowledge of the Bible, an attention-grabbing headline. Here it is. It came September 2012 in World Net Daily. Kings of the East haunt us. Kings of the East haunt us. It was a six-page piece talking about the Eastern nations and their rulers, notably China, North and South Korea, Myanmar, formerly Burma, Russia, and their political and military juxtaposition with regard to the United States. The author described this triangulation of China, Burma, and North Korea as a three-headed snake. Now, from a purely geopolitical standpoint, that discussion was, I think, both troubling and maybe even terrifying, but it was the title that grabbed me. The Kings of the East Haunt Us. Now, why would that title grab me, and does it grab you in the same way? Well, here's why. In the book of Revelation, chapter 16, verse 12, are these words. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. There it is. The kings of the east. Biblical words, they point to one of the most stupendous, ominous events of biblical prophecy, an event known as the Battle of Armageddon. Let's leave the rest of what it says there in Revelation 16, verses 13 to 17. And I saw three unclean spirits. They are the spirits of devils or demonic spirits working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon, or Har Megiddo, the hill of Megiddo. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. Now, this is pointing to the end of all things, friends. This is pointing to the wrap-up of human history from God's viewpoint. At least the world as we know it. 6,000 years of human history. So, the way of the kings of the East. The Bible doesn't describe what those kings are, nor their dominions, but they're plural, and obviously powerful in their plurality. Now, We know that the Euphrates is said to dry up. The way of the kings of the east is therefore the way that leads to the valley of Megiddo to Armageddon. So, we go back to the book of Revelation to gain further description of this way that is to be taken by the kings of the east. And we're warned that the way involves the drying up of the great river Euphrates. This is the preparation necessary to facilitate 
the horrendous confrontation of the globe's great powers in their final desperate grasp grasp to become king of the mountain. In other words, to rule the world. It's the moment, it's the final confrontation. Now, there's, there's a giant stirring, friends. That's the headline. If the 20th century belonged to America, the 21st century may belong to China. The world has never seen so big a nation rise as far and as fast as China in the past 20 years. The plot lines of biblical prophecy seem to be relatively clear now. A lot of the details are undisclosed, but the plot lines seem to be there. So we go back to the book of Revelation, chapter 16. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed to slay the third part of men, and the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. And out of their mouths issued fire and spoke in brimstone. 200,000. How many is that? That's two million, friends. That's the same number that the previous premier of China bragged that China was at any moment capable of fielding that army. Already went on record. Interesting, isn't it? You might think I'm guessing at this. Time Magazine, May 21st, 1965. 1965, friends. Contained these astounding words. Quote, Red China passed the word that its 200 million man and woman militia had gone into serious training. The mainline press screamed shrilly that units were engaged in intensive bayonet and machine gun drill. Men and women in boiler, uh, blue boiler suits marched briskly through Peking streets with rifles slung. 200 million. Going back as far as 1965. Now, I want to let you know what's happening now with regard to China and Israel. China has been seducing Israel. Israel, in some respects, has been seducing China. You see, everybody's trying to get what they can from the other guy. That's how the battle for King of the Mountain is played. Believe it or not, Israel has now developed a kind of love affair with China. Have gone all out to bring China in the military technology that they have. Economics, 
In other words, to welcome China virtually into their entire house, the Israeli house. Now, this is pretty amazing. And China absolutely loves it. Why? Because China knows that Israel has been gifted amazingly by God with technological savvy wisdom with regard to so many, many, many different things. And they want it. And they know that if they're going to accomplish their goal to rule the world, they must get Israel's technology and wealth. And so, they become somewhat strange bedfellows. This is a very dangerous thing that Israel's involved in. Very dangerous thing. But they are. China-Israel relations. In 1950, Israel was the first country in the Middle East to recognize the People's Republic of China as the legitimate government of China. They didn't establish, China didn't establish normal diplomatic relations with Israel until 1992. And since then, Israel and China have developed increasingly close economic, military, and technological links. China is one of the few countries of the world to concurrently maintain warm relations with Israel, Palestine, and the Muslim world at large. And as a potential world power, China has prompted Israel to maintain close titles, uh, ties and integrate China's global influence with Israel's economic management. And China and Israel secretly began building military ties in the 1980s during the Soviet-Afghan War. In May of 2013, then-Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu visited China and signed five agreements. He visited China again in 2017 to commemorate 25 years of ties between the two countries. On a geopolitical scale, China has sought to maintain close relations with the Jewish state as Israel's regional importance, stability, and influence in an otherwise volatile region has been an important asset for the expansion of China's influence in the Middle East and the entire world. I didn't make this up, friends. I'm reading this directly from the Internet. China and Israel have developed close strategic military ties with each other. Bilateral military relations have evolved evolved from an initial Chinese policy of secret non-official ties to a close strategic partnership with the modern and militarily powerful Israel. Israel ranks second only to Russia as a weapon system provider to China and as a conduit for sophisticated, cutting-edge military technology. China is one of Israel's closest economic allies in East Asia, 
where both countries have placed considerable importance on maintaining a strategic and supportive economic relationship. It goes on and on. Why might this be important, friends? If indeed, as we should know, China is developing its uh, plan, road, the Silk Road plan, to move from the middle, from China and the east to Israel, heading toward the Euphrates. That's at the physical level. Then there's also the economic level. The Silk Road plan. It's a plan to move inexorably toward Israel. But why? Because ultimately, friends, Israel is going to be the prize. And what is it in Israel that's going to be the preeminent prize? The Temple Mount. The Temple Mount, whether or not you're God-fearing or not, is deemed by the world powers to be the ultimate residence, incarnation, so to speak, of all political, economic, moral, spiritual power in the earth. 37 acres. And then ultimately we know there are going to be a whole bunch of nations that are going to come on Israel secretly to take a spoil. And then finally, there's going to be this monstrous battle called the Battle of Armageddon where the kings of the east march in on the west and on the south and they duke it out in history's final battle. Wow, what a picture. China. China's Messiah, Xi Jinping. Hmm. Think about it. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. These books, I think, will reveal what's really happening and what's about to happen. In the short term. To Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.